Hey guys, and welcome back to It's Your Life and This Is Mine, the podcast with your host, Charlotte Emily Price. So today opposite me, I have Jess. Hello everybody, nice to meet you. Well, <laughs> not really meeting you. <laughs> today we're gonna actually be talking about mental health, sort of more as like a broad topic and also in relation to university, student well-being, how mental health affects students mm-hmm. and have an open honest conversation I guess about our mental health yeah. and what we think universities could potentially do in the future to help students have a better life. Mm-hmm. I met Jess a couple of weeks, well maybe I think it was a month May. ago now. Was it in May? Yeah yeah. Mid- yeah, yeah. We met at the podcast show actually and we were talking about podcasting and mental health so mm-hmm. I thought this would be perfect to bring you on and yeah have a chat. So yeah do you want to sort of have a little intro to yourself? Yeah. So my name's Jess. I'm just about to go into my final year, which is so scary, um, of university at Nottingham. Um, I study sociology. And the reason I was at the podcast event was because I recently was appointed to set up a podcast on behalf of my university magazine um, called Impact. And I kind of wanted to go to just sort of get a brief idea of sort of what topic I wanted to base it around um, and mainly see the editorial side of it so yeah that's how we met Um, and I kind of wanted to come on here today to discuss my own mental health journey which if I'm being completely honest I never thought I would discuss it Um, it was something that's definitely been kept quite on the low down because for me personally I'll be completely honest with you I found it really awkward to bring it up to people which Mm -hmm. is a discussion I wanted to talk to you about it's sort of the I guess not embarrassment but the sort of the lack of conversations we have on mental health Um, and as somebody who I never thought I would be depressed um, it came as a massive shock to me and I actually found that I really really got to know myself through essentially the mental breakdown that I had Mm-hmm. Um, so it massively helped me get to know myself so much better. Yeah. So when you got to this sort of like low point, mm-hmm. like I guess before we go into it, all, yeah, was this at university when you discovered? Yeah, like, so I it came as such a shock to me because the whole so this it happened in October 2022. So I just started my second year of university, and the whole summer up until that point, I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, living with my friends, living in Nottingham, no parents, no rules. What more could you want, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess it sort of came so quickly, this sort of feeling of just overwhelming, that it definitely started as that. And I'd say it sort of peaked literally two weeks into uni. And I remember when it first was sort of brewing, I thought, oh my gosh, like, why am I feeling sad? Like, there's nothing to feel sad about. And I used to try and do this awful thing where I'd try and justify why I was feeling sad. I was like, but there isn't a reason. And I found myself thinking, you're sad, but there's no reason for you to be sad. What What is going on? And I think that was definitely the start of it going down for me um was that period at university yes definitely yeah it's scary I think when you get to that point where you're not sure what's causing it and like I feel like it's just a human thing to want to know like the cause of something and why it's affecting you and when there is no cause that's when you feel a bit Mm -hmm. lost and helpless for sure and I think as well for me because it deteriorated I found I deteriorated so quickly mm-hmm. I almost couldn't catch my breath to sit and think what what is going on here mm-hmm. and I remember sort of when so I'd say that first two weeks of October was when it was at its worst um and it got to the point actually where my housemates were also noticing that I wasn't being Jess mm-hmm. 
And now I know that it's when you live with someone who's depressed or got mental health issues, it's so hard to live with them. I know that sounds horrible, but it is because you feel like you're walking on eggshells with them. You're not 100% sure what to say, you know, and I completely understand that. As someone myself, my mum, who she has bipolar type 2 um, and she was diagnosed in 2012. So I sort of always knew a lot about mental health. And I thought at the time I was like, why is no one asking me if I'm okay? Like, why is everyone else completely fine? And I couldn't feel any more, like, crap about myself, essentially. Um, And I remember this so clearly. It's so funny, I think, how your brain remembers certain things so easily and other things it barely remembers. But I remember this night so so vividly. So it was a Tuesday night and, essentially, I just had a complete... I think that was, like, my lowest, lowest point, that, that Tuesday night. And I called my two best friends from home. They won't mind me saying their names, Annie and Megs. I called them and I was like, I was just like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And I just relayed off all this information to them and bless them. They were so, so kind. Like they stayed with me the whole evening, like made sure I went to sleep and everything. And I actually called my mum as well. I was sort of talking to her a bit that week. So I remember the weekend before we went for a walk. Me and my husband went for a walk around this lovely park. And I was just thinking there's nowhere else I wouldn't rather be than here like does that make sense like I couldn't think of anything worse Mm -hmm. I was like I don't want to see people I don't like I couldn't be bothered to like get dressed and go out and I knew that that was so off of me off of what I'm like because I'm somebody who takes so much pride in like their appearance and stuff like I massively think if I feel good on the outside I'll feel good on the inside right Mm -hmm. um and so I remember on that Tuesday, sorry, I'm waffling. I can't no, no, it's quite, no it's <laughs> On that Tuesday night, I basically called my mum and I said, like, I, I mean, we're going to drop out, do something really silly. I don't know what else to do. Like, can, I just felt so suffocated mm-hmm. in that house. Not just that house, but that space of being at uni. I was like, I, something needs to happen, like, get me out. And she basically said, right, I'm going to drive up. And the next morning, that's exactly what she did. She drove up. Um, but I also booked a call with the GP that morning and I don't want to sleep the NHS because I know they work really hard but that day when I called them I was so drained of telling people how I felt because I remember like I was trying to tell people like oh I'm just feeling really low and they're like well what about and I'm like well I don't know I can't tell you it's just this this cloud of greyness was just completely overshadowing everything mm-hmm. And I remember when I and I called the GP and I tried to explain it and I said I remember saying to her like I am so exhausted of trying to explain it to people. Please, can you just help me? Like, can you just help me like get ri- almost get rid of this feeling? Um, and she prescribed me um, citalopram, mm-hmm. which is a medication, and that was great. And then I remember that same day I called another GP just for a second opinion because I didn't want to start medication until I sort of found the right one for me and it was you know second opinion is always good and the lady on the phone literally she was a mental health nurse and she offered me a leaflet she offered me a leaflet and to me I just found that so insulting because I was like, I think it's so brave for people to even reach out for help, right? Yeah. And it Let takes you pouring your yeah, heart out, and, and it then... takes so much guts to go up to someone and say like, I'm really struggling mentally, like I really need help. And 
my mum actually called them for me because I just wasn't in the right state to have a conversation mm-hmm. and I just remember being sat in the car and, and hearing her offer me a leaflet and I just thought like what's the point like what is the point even reaching out at that point um so that was sort of I guess once I went so I got driven back home and I spent three weeks at home and I say that was probably one of the hardest three weeks of my life being at home that time um just the whole thing was just so like draining and I felt like because I'm aware at uni people are going to be like where's she gone like what's she doing I just told my housemates I'm leaving so they didn't even know if I was coming back to uni so it was just all these things were just sort of playing on my mind all whilst trying to obviously get better as well yeah in hand with the depression mm-hmm. would you say it was depression it would... yeah I think it took me a long long time to say I was depressed yeah and I'd say anxiety and depression go hand in hand yeah that's what I was gonna say did that were you also anxious during this time yeah as well? so I'd say I always thought of myself to be quite an anxious person just sort of at base level um and it definitely peaked at university it's peaked a couple of times but i would definitely say nightlife university nightlife has massively peaked this anxiety um and obviously the university of nottingham is renowned for having amazing nightlife which it does um but that comes with a lot of people a lot of very packed rooms where it's really hot like nightclubs they're so hot um, so I definitely say anxiety became more of a forefront thing for me at university. But it's so interesting because I, before I went to uni, I thought I knew myself so well. I was like, I'm yeah. Jess, I'm confident, I'm chatty, I'm funny, you know, like, I'm cool. And I, I went to uni and I was just like, mm-mm. Like, I just felt so socially drained because at uni it's so you've got so you're socializing in the day and you're socializing at night and it's like oh my god when is this time for me to just chill and it felt all consuming and I definitely would say that as you said anxiety and depression definitely play hand in hand but I would definitely say that my depression in October 2022 was probably, I think, the worst it's ever been yeah. before. Yeah. Do you see now, not that you have to have a reason for it, mm. but we were just saying mm. we don't, there was not a reason. Have you sort of reflected back on that time or do you sort of like still push it to the back of your yeah, mind? Yeah, so I want, this another discussion I wanted to have with you, mm-hmm. which I probably should have said at the beginning, yeah. is therapy. And I am somebody, and I'll be so honest with you, who was so against therapy. I was like, absolutely not. Who in their right mind would want to talk to a complete stranger, offload all their problems, mm-hmm. and this person knows everything about you. I was like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Mm-hmm. And I remember my parents, who every single member of my family has had therapy at some point, and they've all spoke on the positive side. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. When I was feeling that bad, I thought, I'll do anything, anything to make get rid of this feeling. So I think when you're depressed and Matt Haig who's a brilliant writer says this there's such a distinction between suicidal thoughts and depression right Mm -hmm. because when you're depressed you don't always want to commit suicide you don't want to end your life you just want to end that pain and that suffering and that is exactly what it is Mm -hmm. you just want anything to stop that pain so you can live your life because you do want to live your life I remember when I first had my first session with my therapist who by the way is one of the most amazing people I think I've ever met like she genuinely saved my life and I remember the first session I had with her I said I'm depressed and I've got anxiety what how can I get rid of it what can I do and I remember saying to her like 
I don't like therapy. I don't like speaking to people I don't know. Like, I was just so tense. And I'd say I still have her now. And I'd say it took me till January, February time to really open up to her and to really unpack the deep, hidden things that was causing it. Because I remember saying to her, like, I can't think of a reason. There's not a reason. I've got amazing family who conversation and mental health have always been a big thing in my family obviously my mum has bipolar so it's always been a topic of conversation that I felt mm-hmm. openly to discuss and I feel so lucky to say that because I think a lot yeah. of people don't have that mm-hmm. so I thought I've got an amazing family I've got amazing friends my friends are just the best like my home friends my uni friends I've made a lot of new uni friends who are amazing and I thought like what is the problem and I think sometimes it's okay to say that there's, there's not, there's not a like significant thing that's happened to you to cause you to be like this. Your brain is such a wired thing. It's so complex to understand. But there were definitely things that caused the anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. I definitely think. But it took a long time for that to really unpack for yeah, me. Yeah, I think you don't realise realize at the time during these, like, Session, mm. I guess, of like low times. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I only recently like started. Well, in the last year, I started therapy. I think mm-hmm. I've been having it for like 10, 11 months, and okay. it's something that I've always wanted. Okay. From a family that never really spoke about mental health. Yeah. It, weirdly, I was like the opposite, and I was like, I want to okay. go speak to someone. Yeah. But everyone at my university that I spoke to was really shit. I can't lie. I literally remember when I reached out to my uni, I I already left at that point because mm-hmm. I tried to get in contact with them and it was just difficult because I understand there's so many people that need help and they just don't have the facilities. I get that. Yeah. But I remember I reached out in October and I said like, I'm struggling. Please, can I be put on like this little group discussion thing? You know, and I remember they got back to me. They're like, yeah, we can offer you that in December. And in my head, I was like, well, I might drop out of uni by then. Like, how, do you know what I mean? I was like, how is that going to help me? But I think it's just because they're just so overwhelmed with the amount of people that need help. Yeah. They're probably just like, yeah. don't know what to do. Yeah. And I almost think I went at a point where I was at like literal breaking point. So yeah. maybe it, therapy at that point or speaking to someone wouldn't have actually helped and I did actually get go on medication for a while yeah um, I think for the whole of my second and third the rest of my second and third year yeah. but weirdly I had yeah. my break breaking point a couple of weeks into second yeah. year yeah so I don't yeah. know if it maybe is something to do with that transition like the a bit less excitement from the beginning of first year you know with fresh and everything yeah yeah and coming out of it or like what it was but I completely I completely agree and as well I also take medication and that was another thing that I thought that I would never discuss Mm -hmm. is also like not many people know that but I really wanted to be completely honest in this like podcast because I think honesty and having these honest conversations is what will drive change and what will drive more of these conversations um so yeah so not many people know I take medication but I do and I'm not it's not that I'm embarrassed by it I'm not at all I think it's just one of those things where because it's not discussed I just think is it a social thing that we just don't we just don't talk Mm -hmm. about and my mum takes a lot of medication for her bipolar and she recommended to me that I should seek medication and this sounds so terrible but I remember saying to my psychologist but it's going to make me it's not going to make me me it's going to change me it's going to make me like really weird Mm -hmm. and 
she said well it's all about finding the right medication and I definitely think that is so true but I would definitely say my medication has massively helped lift my mood and in the early days I remember um my mum would say to me you need to be light and bright Jess and at the time I thought oh my god that is going to be so hard and I remember as well when I first went back to uni I said to myself every day right you're going to be light and bright and every day I just find it so draining I go to bed at half nine like I'm shattered from being all I'm back and in the back of my head I was like this is going to be really hard and I knew it was going to be really hard to go back to university but I swore to myself that I would never I never wanted to feel like that again Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do everything I could and put into practice all the therapy I was given to try and like better myself and have a much healthier relationship with myself and I definitely think slowly but surely I am getting there yeah definitely and also as well to put it out there like you shouldn't feel shame if you are on medication or wanting to seek medication and also to openly discuss it with those around you like I think when I spoke first to my mum and said that I was going on tablets I think she panicked so much and I was like it's not it's not your fault it's nothing to do with you yeah 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 I just need this right now for what I'm going through and like I I don't have any explanation as to why yeah. I feel like this so I'm, I'm I can't really explain to you yeah. why I'm going on these but I think it's going to help me and it really really did so yeah if you're if you're wanting medicational therapy don't feel ashamed to reach out no. for it and please do also, reach out yeah and also don't be disappointed if it doesn't work out because mm. there will be That's something so out there that works for you I mean I tried CBT that uh-huh. type of therapy and that just didn't work for me at all mm-hmm. But my dad uses that right now and he absolutely loves it. I use that and that took that took a while for me to get used to, but I do mm-hmm. like that. And as I said to you, I started on Sotalapram, that didn't work for me, so now I'm on Sertraline and that massively helps me. So I definitely think you're right. It's all about reaching out for help and exploring the different options that are available. Yeah, yeah I, I think especially when you're researching something like that and when there isn't so many open discussions about it, obviously yeah. it is changing and a lot more people are talking about it. Yeah. Um yeah I, I don't want anyone to feel disappointed or just feel like oh I've read I've read Sertraline's amazing but I've yeah. just tried it and it's made me do this and this because there are really intense side effects massively, that massively. did scare me when I first yeah went on it, but, I remember when you know. I first went on medication Google can be terrifying place <laughs> mm-hmm. and I looked up all these side effects and I do remember having somewhere I had really really vivid nightmares for quite a while mm-hmm. but it was all about like being at uni because obviously that was what was causing yeah. my depression at the time but also what I wanted to say is that university is such an amazing place and it can be but it's not for everyone and if it's not for you that is okay I definitely think that needs to be spoken about more because I remember in the early days when I was feeling crap I'd say to people like are you homesick are you lonely They're like nah I'm loving it party every night woo and I was thinking oh my god I can I literally can't think of anything worse and so I wish there was more people that I could talk to that were honest and said like yeah I'm struggling too because no one says that no one says that mm-hmm. everyone always says oh uni's great it's brilliant best three years of my life mm-hmm. I can sit here and say right now it will not be the best three years of my life how do you know at 21 it's the best three years of your life mm-hmm. you don't know that and I remember when I went home I thought to myself I've let myself down so much because I worked so incredibly hard to get to uni I like really revised I really worked hard because I was told by a lot of people like that's really ambitious uni you're not gonna get in and on results day I was like oh my god is there a mistake I couldn't believe it and I remember when I was depressed I was like but this is your dream Jess like you're doing your dream course in your perfect university what 
you know, what more could you want? Yeah, what, what, what's the issue? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, again, is the reiterating point I want to make is that there doesn't need to be a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's celebrities who you think have got the perfect lifestyle who are depressed. I I watch loads of documentaries about like, people with addiction depression and I know Matt Willis recently did one on his addiction mm-hmm. and you think you're in a band like you know you're living the high life what do you need you know why are you addicted to these things and I think there doesn't need to be a reason like and it's okay yeah. like I know it's so cliche to say it's okay to not be okay but yeah. genuinely it really really is yeah and I feel like although you might not know it at that point you will probably find a reason why you've got to that point at at some stage um, mm-hmm. whether that takes like a year or whatever I mean mm-hmm. I finished uni a few years ago now and I feel like I'm only just discovering from having therapy like what could have caused those yeah, yeah. lows and I think a lot of it is probably suppressing in first year yeah, like I had course. a really lovely first year like I would be one of those people that probably was like I'm I'm having an amazing time and I actually genuinely didn't feel down in that yeah. first year yeah. because I was bullied in my sick form okay. I think I was like I need to get away from this place and I was mm, like this is amazing I've got freedom I've got independence I've got new friends because I don't have any friends at home (laughs) and then I think the crash came from probably like suppressing all of those horrible feelings I had when I was being bullied yeah and like probably a a bunch of other reasons maybe like the lows from having a really nice summer like probably lots of little things that of course over time maybe grated and that's why I ended up having such a big like breakdown but yeah I think as well like I remember when I was at my lowest and my parents say to me like it will get better you will feel better mm-hmm. and I just thought like how can you say that how can yeah. it I thought this is going to be such a mountain to climb how on earth am I going to ever get better yeah. and I wish so much I think of this all the time I wish I could go back to myself then and say like it really really does yeah. I promise you it does yeah. and it always makes me so emotional when I think about that because the person who I was then in October I just could not think like how much suffering that person was going through and also like as well how it wasn't my fault like mm-hmm. I kept blaming myself and thinking like you've got everything you could want you you don't deserve to be sad and I wish I could go back then and say but look at all the amazing things you're doing now like I'm literally gonna set a podcast up with my uni I'm helping other people do that um I've just done an amazing internship like and I wish so much I could go back and tell that person like things will get better and you will be such a better person after this experience yeah I feel like you hear that a lot the Mm. everything's gonna be okay and I don't I it's so weird because it's not helpful at the time no when you get out of it you're like you were right yeah Um, yeah. and I'm trying to think of like what would I have wanted to hear back at that time and maybe it is for someone to be like this is gonna be really shit for a while maybe something a bit more honest and like a not so so positive when you're feeling that's, in the pit of negativity of course that's the thing like like I was saying I think like my housemates definitely mm-hmm. found it difficult and I know my friends at home did and so did my parents is it what do you say to somebody that's depressed what do you say to someone with anxiety like I remember Matt Haig says this really funny quote where it's like we what we don't say in real life is like your parachute fell oh chin up like you don't say that to people with depression do you, you don't go oh chin up but people do people are like oh I remember people were saying to me oh everyone feels sad Jess everyone feels lonely and I just thought that that's the only way I could articulate it because articulating it is so difficult Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking it's not just sad though it's such a deep ingrained feeling of sadness Mm -hmm. but sadness is the only thing I can you know relate to and even when I remember like 
when I was recovering and again like please don't think recovery is linear it is not at all and I think social media plays a massive part in thinking that everyone's living their perfect life and if your life is crap then you're not living life right it's not like that at all um so yeah recovery is not linear and I remember when I was when I did go back to uni and I did start going out I remember in January I made a list of names of all new people that I wanted to contact so I thought new year new me cliche I know but I thought let's make new friends let's build my connections and that was my goal was to build connections and I remember when I made new friends and like when happiness was there I thought I really need to like cherish when that happiness is there because Mm -hmm. it took a long time for me to like I remember even like to having a real good laugh with somebody it took ages but I remember when that happened and I thought oh my gosh okay I can laugh and I I can be happy mm-hmm. and just really cherishing those small moments of happiness because they will add on to those steps of recovery for you mm-hmm. and I definitely think that worked for me was there a point where you saw that difference for you so this happened to mm. you in October last year yeah what it was there a, a specific point where you were like oh my god things are getting better or was it maybe when you fully came out of it yeah, it was so it was so gradual. I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I think it took till the new year. If I'm being mm-hmm. completely honest with you, I remember when I first went back, <clears throat> and that was really hard because obviously people were like, "Where have you been?" And I remember saying to people, "I had COVID," because at the time, like you could still use that excuse. And I yeah. thought, "Oh, great! <laughs> no one's gonna ask. No one." Because yeah. I was like, "No one cares. No one cares." Um, so I used that as an excuse for ages, and. I would say in the new year was when I thought to myself right let put yourself out there like try and challenge yourself because I remember like me and my therapist every week I wanted to have a goal for that week little steps of a goal right so I could see progress because I'm somebody who I like a checklist I like to tick things off you know and when I was depressed and I was in my I call it I was called it the like an episode I was in my episode I remember my mum got me like a to-do list and every day I'd write get out of bed get dressed wash your hair and I know that sounds so silly but to me there were such big things to do even like putting makeup on Mm -hmm. um and so I think really that time in the new year was when I thought to myself right it's a brand new year it's a brand new fresh start like put yourself out there and be confident and be independent because I'm somebody who hates doing things on my own my friends always laugh at me I hate it like doing things on my own I used to find just ghastly and I remember saying to my therapist, like, people are going to think I'm so weird if I go for a coffee on my own. They're going to think she's got no friends. What a weirdo. And it took me ages to build up to do that. But I remember, like, once I did that, I was like, okay, you've done that. Well done. Tick it off. Doing a food shop on my own. Well done. Tick it off. Mm-hmm. And I developed it. And I developed doing these things into my schedule. So every week I go for a coffee on my own. Every week I do a food shop on my own. I'd say when I saw a change was when I would start to see small positives in every day instead of small negatives every day Mm. because I am somebody who is naturally quite pessimistic and I'm not embarrassed to say that Mm. I you I massively used to be somebody who was naturally pessimistic I would always look at negatives over positive like I'm definitely glass half empty than glass half full Mm. I'm trying so hard to become the glass half full because I surround myself with people who are like that like one of my best friends she is so glass half full like you know she's such an optimistic person I think surrounding yourself with healthy people like that is so good in recovery I always say this all the time to my friends and I know they always say oh don't be silly but they generally save me massively 
and I so always lovely. it makes me like so emotional because like I always thought like they don't want to be friends with me why do they want friends with me I'm so annoying and I just thought like they do not know and I don't think they will ever know how much they massively helped me my home friends like just amazing people um yeah tangent again I'm so sorry no, I can ramble on that's forever so, that's, <laughs> no, that's so lovely that you have um, the support there of your friends yeah like, time do you know what though um I didn't tell anybody about my breakdown until quite recently I remember when I so when I first went back to uni I basically the first weekend I was like get me out of here like I need to do something with my I can't just sit in my room so I remember I went up to Manchester to see one of my friends because she goes to uni there and I shouldn't have done that I think at that point I was still getting to know myself again I think I just started medication this this was in November Mm -hmm. and I definitely think when you're on medication it's really important to notice the side effects and what I'd say a massive side effect is alcohol and medication they do not mix well at all and I definitely noticed that it not that it makes you go crazy but I would definitely say it weakens your medication it definitely does for me it might not for everyone but it yeah, definitely and alcohol does for is me. a depression it, a depressant a, sorry it, exactly and I remember we went out we went clubbing and I literally just completely like broke down in tears and my poor friend like came back we were came back home and I just like completely broke down and I told her so many things that I hadn't told pretty much anybody or very few people and I remember that night so clearly because I felt at that point I was like once I had that I thought okay I've been honest to myself and obviously to my friend and I felt so sorry for her because she was just there so I was like you're here so I'm just gonna break my heart to you I'm so sorry and I remember I kept apologizing I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but it felt quite healing to do that and in a really weird way it was like I had said what had been built up in my brain for so long and I finally said it to one of my friends because I think I didn't tell my friends because well my two closest friends obviously but that was more out of a cry for help because mm-hmm. they were there and I sort of had to because I thought, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Um, but I would definitely say that was a good turning point for me mm-hmm. in the sense that it was, it's okay to tell people. Yeah. Um, but I definitely say that was key. But also, just as I said to you, doing gradual small things that for me were massive accomplishments and now this and my therapist will laugh if she ever listens to this I love doing things on my own and I never used to and it took me so long to do that Mm -hmm. but I would definitely say like recovery from an episode or a mental breakdown it does take time but please be patient with yourself because like like I said it's not linear the small accomplishments will lead to the biggest accomplishment and that will be that you've turned your life around Mm -hmm. because I think being able to do that is really really brave yeah. really absolutely brave. I couldn't agree more and sort of like adding on to a couple of things that you just mm. said first one was to do with friends and how you said you sh- you were like I'm so sorry you should yeah. like that's something I feel like a lot of people with mental health or mental health yeah. illnesses feel ashamed to like reach out to people but of if any of your friends <clears throat> or family expect you to be happy all the time that says a lot more about them mm-hmm. I think than that it mm-hmm. does about you like how can you expect someone to show up every day and be happy and happy only? Like, we all are human and we all have so many different emotions and feelings. So, And if you think of yourself, 
like I wouldn't expect any of my family or friends to only sh- come to me when they're happy. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to be there for them whenever when, when they're feeling scared or anxious or they've got some great news, you know. So if you put yourself in that position, I think you then realize, oh yeah, like I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid almost thinking that I have to apologize for saying how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason I apologized to my friend when I told her and why I didn't tell many of my friends was because I was like but they've all got their own problems everyone's suffering in their own way and in a way when you're depressed it's such a selfish thing and I know that might sound horrible but it is because all you think about is you and how sad you're feeling and in a way I thought how can all my friends and people around me be living their best life and I couldn't be living a worse one if I tried And so I think a part of the reason why I didn't tell a lot of them was because I didn't want to be a burden on them. I didn't want to say like, oh, I'm really struggling because if they were really happy and then there's me, I didn't want to be a tamper on the mood. And that was a thing that really hurt me was because essentially I was told that I was a damper on the mood and that my, the way I was feeling was affecting the people around me. Mm -hmm. And that, hurt me so much not because I felt they were criticizing me because I know now that it wasn't but just to think that the way I was being was affecting other people it just made me feel like I need to really change like Mm -hmm. not just for myself but it's fair for the people around me um so that was a big thing too yeah was that when it got to a certain point um, was there like a friend who told you that? Yeah, so it was it was when I was still at uni and it was the night when I called my mum and I said to her like I need mean, like I mean, she's thinking and because my mum is so on it with mental health, which I'm so lucky that she is, she was like, I'm gonna come and get you. Like, don't get the train, I'm gonna come and get you and she, when she came and got me, it was that was that. But it did take me a long time to not blame other everyone else and other people and that's me being honest because I wanted to I wanted to blame someone or something to make me feel better so I was like it's got to be someone or something and I thought like people are telling me that like I'm dampening the mood or that the way I'm way I'm way I am is affecting them and at first I thought it's affecting you think about how much it's affecting me like how can you be thinking about yourself but then I thought well of course they're thinking about themselves because everyone looks out for themselves right of course you Mm. should do that and I think again it took me through my therapy to really be like that's okay of course it's going to affect them of course and that was another thing that I really wanted to work on was that I wanted it to not affect my friendships with people and I didn't want it to affect how people saw me because I'm somebody who massively cares a lot about what people think of me and I do think that was a particular reason Mm -hmm. along with a couple of other things for my depression Mm -hmm. but it's that I had such high expectations of myself and whenever they weren't reached it was like you're a terrible person like you're you're failing you're rubbish so it's that people pleaser energy I I feel like I have lived my whole life trying to please other people and it's only this year that I'm trying to like have better boundaries of myself yeah. and I find it so hard because I feel like my personality is like changed like it, it seems like my personality is randomly just changed yeah but I'm yeah. trying to get used to being like nope like I, I've I sometimes agree to things that I don't want to go to because I don't want to upset anyone yeah and then it comes around and I'm just so miserable going to 
do that and I just think why am I putting myself no through something I don't want to do yeah, yeah. so I need to start going no or mm-hmm. I can't come or whatever and one of my friends the other day we were having a conversation I'm very lucky to have friends that all openly discuss mental health or just things yeah. in general um because I didn't really have that growing up as a family like okay. I could now for sure like yeah. I bring up those conversations and now my family feel more comfortable talking about their mental health problems okay. but um yeah I feel very grateful to have the friends around me and yeah. she was saying that her therapist said no is a full sentence and it really just shook me that, to the core that is so um, true do why you know? do I have to justify myself no because now I've got to do this instead and I feel like I have to make a lie and make up an excuse no just no I know I and go. do you know what as well which is another thing that's so important for me to say is that therapists are brilliant like I wish if they weren't so busy that everyone could have therapy because I think it's amazing and I never thought I'd say that but I think it's amazing I say to my therapist at the end of every session thank you so much you're amazing because they are they're just so good at like explaining things and articulating Mm -hmm. things in a better way and I think as well it comes with accepting that it's okay to ask for help I think that's such an important message it is okay and I remember like my therapist I feel terrible for her because I remember in the early stages I would send her every mini crisis a massive email at 11 o'clock at night saying oh my god this has happened today help and it took a while for me to like stop I think it was only once that I did that but I thought like I need to stop that's not don't do that but I would definitely say therapy massively helped me become more optimistic and also it helped me change because I thought I know I'm only 19 I'm 20 in two weeks just saying (laughs) but I remember thinking I it's too late to change like I'm nearly an adult it's too late to change but like it's never ever too late to change your mindset your views on things it's never ever too late and I am so thankful that I found the right therapist I think that's so important to find someone that you really connect with and I was lucky that it was the first person that I spoke to but I really connected with her and I think therapists just are amazing people who are so selfless and kind like and I always say to her like how do you do it like how how do you not get emotional how do you not like you know and she says oh we do just not in front of you guys and I said oh obviously because I know we're your clients but yeah. I just think like it's I'm such a like, yeah their eyes out. <laughs> me too no honestly I said I've said to her before like, I could never do it because I'm mm. I'm such an emotional person me too I'm so sensitive I take on everyone else's worries me too but especially like talking about myself I always like I'm surprised I haven't cried yet in this because mm. like especially talking about my own mental health and I'm, whenever I think back to that old person I just mm-hmm. think oh my god I wish I could just like give you a hug and just say like you are a good person because mm. I think I felt like I wasn't a good person and I remember saying to my therapist like this sounds a terrible thing to say and she always tells me off saying it but I felt like saying I said to her a couple of times am I blocking a space for somebody else who's in more of a crisis than me I was like there's not like you know I was like to her I'm not on the edge of suicide like do you need you know am I holding it up and she said absolutely not and that is so true because you're not at all I wish everyone could have therapy and if it's available to you and you're considering it please do because as somebody who was reluctant to therapy I genuinely think it's one of the best things I ever did and I am so appreciative of my parents for really pushing that I seek mm-hmm. therapy because it genuinely has helped me mm-hmm. massively yeah massively yeah and I think it's it's so hard like I wish I could have had therapy earlier on in my life but it's so expensive yeah. and it's not it accessible is. for everyone it is yeah and 
I think as soon as you or if there is a chance where you can be in a position to put mm-hmm. money aside for it yeah. I literally couldn't recommend doing that enough because yeah. people do it for their physical health with like a gym membership or whatever so I feel like mental health is just as important and if you can like just having someone to talk to who has no connection to your life I find that really refreshing like it's so nice yeah they have no idea who all these people I'm talking about are and all this stuff that's happened to me and it's just yeah very freeing and then it almost takes off that whole burden thing not that you're ever a burden to anyone but sometimes people have boundaries and sometimes if they're going through a shitty time yeah they can't take on your stuff as well which is also fair enough so having someone like a therapist or even reaching out to the NHS and doing therapy that Mm -hmm. way then you've got someone to take off all of this load from your head and I'm also a massive advocate for journaling which I talk about way too much on this podcast but (laughs) if you're ever in a time of crisis and your head's going crazy I think putting stuff out on paper Mm. really Mm -hmm. helps whether you take that to someone else or you can just read through it and it's not in your mind anymore yeah I think as well for me what I loved about therapy is that they were somebody who was in the middle they weren't your parents they weren't your friends Mm -hmm. they were just somebody completely separate from your personal life Mm -hmm. and so I found having that clear boundary so helpful because she's not going to judge me because she knows everything about me my deepest darkest secrets and sometimes I think oh my god that's so weird I remember I actually recently I I was out for lunch with my mum and I saw her and I I remember I messaged my friend like I've just seen my therapist. Do I go up and say hi? And she was like, Jess, why are you being so weird about it? Like, this person knows everything about you. And I thought, they do know everything about me. And I'm too scared to even go and say hello. But I would say having her, and she's not, like, part of my family or part of my friends, makes me think I'm not a burden on you because you want to help me you and you want to listen. And I think therapists are so good at doing this thing where they really get you to think that they are really listening to you because they are they're really listening to you my therapist like makes notes when she's talking to me and then relays stuff back to me and I think oh okay like that's interesting um so yeah I think therapy is just fantastic and like you said it is very expensive and I felt so lucky that I got help straight away because at that crisis point for me it couldn't have come at a better time and I just feel so sorry for people that have to wait a long time because time when you're depressed just goes so slowly mm-hmm. it drains and it drags and the fact that I had help pretty much immediately mm-hmm. was just such a relief because I thought okay things will get better now because you're doing something about it like change is going to be happening so this old cycle I was in we're breaking that down now and it's you know it's going to get better mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely and I hope anyone listening to this who is um and are in about getting therapy is sitting there thinking that like, I should go and do this that's what I hope definitely this, hope this has helped yeah. you realize but sort of going moving towards that the uni mental yeah. health mental mm-hmm. health support yeah like I said, I didn't really get on with it very well, but I know it could for some other people, and obviously it's to do with like funding, availability, all yeah, that sort of stuff. Get that, yeah. Um, what do you think like that, that could be done to sort of either improve it? Obviously, mm-hmm. there's obviously like we said, funding and yeah, employing more people or whatever. I but. think letting students know the accessibility of it. I remember like for my uni, I had to like click through loads of different tabs to get to it. Um. And recently they opened a support line because Mm -hmm. um, obviously in the news, three people were killed in Nottingham 
and obviously I'd like to say massive condolences to the two students Barney, Grace and the other guy Ian um, because that was absolutely traumatic and terrible and I I remember just back to what you were saying about a time when I noticed change that was a time when I noticed change because I obviously I was incredibly anxious because I was like oh my god is everyone gonna get stabbed to death basically but it was more the fact that like I seeing my university come together in that way was so powerful like so powerful and I thought like this is a great place to be and that is why I'm there and then setting up a helpline that was pretty much immediately as soon as you go onto the website I think that is great so I would say definitely making it accessible for everybody so a helpline I think would be great because people use their phones every day to communicate but I think as well like what I think's important is like we're having today a discussion Mm -hmm. chatting about it so having more group availability I think but even now thinking about when you ask like how can they improve it is really difficult Mm -hmm. and and I completely get that it is really difficult I think I remember one of my friends she does law one of the smartest people I know she's so cool and she said they don't have a legal obligation to look after your mental health I don't think it's a legal obligation for the university if I'm wrong we can obviously cut that out (laughs) but I don't think they do so in a way I think they should because we're in your care for those three years that we're here on or off campus or if you're in a city that university has a responsibility for your mental well-being so I think having universities come to a bit more accountability yeah I remember seeing recently um people were like not protesting signing a petition to get them to release suicide rates I don't think we need that um I think that definitely made me think "Mm, I don't think we need that because I think that will take it to the next extreme to release suicide numbers to sort of prompt them to be more like on it with mental health support Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessary but I do think it's necessary for them to be more supportive but I think just sort of this sounds so silly but even in like lecture notes at the end just say in the last slide if you need help here's a line or here's an email or here's your personal contact just dropping little hints so that if people as and when they need it they're not scrambling through the website like oh my god who do I contact that's that's such a great um a great idea that you Mm. just said there because say someone has just struggled to get themselves out of bed to get to this lecture and then they've seen at the end like if you are struggling right now this is what you need to do to get help and you've got an email in case they're too scared to call up and then a phone number if they want to yeah um i think that's a perfect idea that's something so small and so easy to do that doesn't cost anything just a tiny bit of time adding an extra slide to a powerpoint that you can copy and paste onto all of your slides yeah like, yeah that is that's that's a great idea and i think i think as well that. it doesn't make it as like um like not awkward but it doesn't make it as like um what's that word oh my god that's gonna really bug me not like like I guess awkward yeah Mm -hmm. formal that's it formal it's just like a brief thing at the end to say here's if you need help or if you need to contact us here are the details because it makes it a much more because if you see it every lecture you're like okay and then it can become more of a discussion point Mm -hmm. and it's more normalized um so I would say that is one way that they can do it I think as well like people and the university more just sort of having these conversations and saying like 
university is not all going to be brilliant Mm -hmm. everyone is going to feel aspects of loneliness everyone is going to feel overwhelmed at some point and that's okay but it's so important that when you feel like that and you feel like it's getting to the point where you can't handle it yourself that you go to xyz to support you Mm -hmm. um so i definitely say they need to reiterate that message that you don't need to be at absolute crisis mode to reach out for help it can be before that and i think the more people do it before that the less mental breakdowns people are going to have because they're going to reach out for help before they feel absolutely terrible yeah i think sort of like adding on to what you just said like transparency is what i'd say Mm. would be the key to helping a lot of students out because it would normalize things and create sort of that trust between the student and the professionals because if you're hearing them say we haven't looked after our students mental health as best as we could but now we're trying to do this this and this to try and help it like gains trust it's like oh cool you we respect that you haven't done the best that you can but you're trying your best now so i don't know i think that for me would have made me trust my university more if they were saying we're going to try and implement these things now because we've noticed that the mental health score has dropped or whatever yeah um i think that would have yeah i think as well like like the mental health score i think like getting people's opinions Mm -hmm. if they do think there needs to be support and what more they can add and then combining all that information together and then producing results through that Mm -hmm. i think would be great so i think a lot of people suffer in silence they're doing an anonymous questionnaire you know and then feeding it back to the uni for them to then collaborate all together and look at different ways of dealing with it I guess and also it might actually help people feel less alone if they're seeing like 70% of students are also feeling loneliness at some point over the semester or whatever it's kind of like oh it's not just me and that that is like a sense of community and I think that's so important is that feeling of loneliness because Mm -hmm. I think when you're depressed or you have any mental health issues loneliness is awful and I think it's one of those words that people use quite often so it doesn't seem bad but when you're experiencing it it is really really bad and I remember like just before I went home I had to literally as you said like drag myself to lectures like I was that person who was like I cannot believe I've made it here like what like this is just ridiculous and I was going outside and I remember like I was walking home one time and I just thought like how are you all so happy to be here like how are you all happy and smiling with your friends like why none of you crying like me why none of you sad like me like what what am I what am I doing wrong that you're doing right you know um so I think as well loneliness comes from feeling that you're on your own Mm -hmm. so I think these conversations are so important to say that you're absolutely not Mm -hmm. and that nine times out of ten more people will be suffering than you think and it's just about being honest with yourself and with other people when you are struggling because I massively benefited from when people did say to me mm-hmm. I also really struggled and that's how I met one of my really good friends at uni was because we were both like we're both really struggling yeah, so I think a lot of people yeah. do bond over that yeah of course because it's like connection on a deep level instantly it, it, yeah you know? exactly that mm-hmm. exactly that yeah I was also going to add that if any universities are listening or anyone forwards this onto their university I don't know uh-huh. I went to the University of Kent's Mental Health Summit to do a panel talk not oh, too wow. long ago yeah. I think it was in April mm-hmm. um, and I think that is just amazing that they just organise this huge mental that health is. summit they had professionals in there that did like breathing workshops and 
things that you didn't realize in everyday life you could just do that don't cost anything like breathing because you actually don't realize how little you breathe properly yeah like I know, when when yeah. in my day do i sit and go right like and properly yeah, inhale yeah, for 10 yeah. seconds and exhale you don't do it so things like that can be really great especially if you suffer with anxiety mm-hmm. um but yeah they just i think they did an amazing job they got in all these specialists speakers um all different people from different ages were there That's which was great. amazing like we were doing a panel talk and i could see people who were student age up yeah. to 80 like genuinely really, wow. there was grandparents there and i was like this is amazing because yeah, yeah you sometimes think yeah it's great to have loads of students there who actually need the current support right now mm-hmm. but you need the people who are older and in the positions that can actually make and make a change you know yeah, like the, the yeah, therapists course, that work yeah. at the university that the parents who could put mm-hmm. things forward to make a change you know so yeah it was it's amazing that they did that and invited and made it so welcoming for people yeah. of all ages to go to so yeah if anyone at university is listening to, the, listening to this right now holding a mental health summit maybe once a year I think Massively. could really benefit and that's one of the reasons why I applied to do the podcast for my uni magazine was because I wanted to be an advocate to say like let's introduce new ideas let's sort of get the ball rolling in terms of having students be involved because I think it's easy to blame the uni and be like it's your fault you know but to actually have students in the uni working together and say like let's be collaborative here I think is great so I definitely would 100% encourage my uni and other unis please hold to them like, it doesn't even have to be a formal thing do it yeah. on a zoom you know yeah. everyone's on their phones nowadays like you, you could even make a tiktok page and do a few things like that just short videos you know um but I think like mental health and student well-being needs to be a priority for every single university in this mm-hmm. country because it is a silent killer massive for ma- for a lot of people that yeah. sort of thing of like feeling that you can't reach out for help and that you're suffering in silence or that you're not suffering enough you're not in crisis i definitely felt like i wasn't in crisis point enough mm-hmm. when actually you don't need to be at your absolute lowest to then reach out for help mm-hmm. and yeah yeah definitely so sort of before we like close off the episode Uh is there anything that well or anywhere that people can go to find more of you when this mental health yes so i am setting it up hopefully in september Mm -hmm. um and i will create an instagram page and everything for that then but you can follow impact magazine which is the university of nottingham's magazine plugging it in there (laughs) which is a brilliant magazine where we talk about all current things in the news current things on like tv and we also have discussions like on mental health i i wrote an article for them about so Nottingham was named the 18th most dangerous place to live and I wrote about perhaps reasons why that was um, and sort of how we can change that um so it's really a discussion points like that so I would definitely say please follow Impact Magazine and when I do launch the podcast please do also follow that because that would be great for me because I am so excited to set this up and I think as well again telling my October self that like Jess this is what you're going to be doing now I'd be like that is really cool yeah um so yeah like a full circle moment massively and for now if people listening in July are, are people okay to follow your personal Instagram yeah, account of course. Will you, I'm guessing you'll probably be posting about that when it does yes. go live my current account is private but I will be making it public obviously okay. to get people to follow me um it's jess couchman underscore couchman is such an annoying surname to spell it's Mm c-o-u-c-h-m-a-n jess couchman underscore and i'll pop these all in the podcast description as well alongside all of the other mental health 
resources that I already uh-huh. have there as well Great. in case you are struggling and you want to reach out and there's some like helplines um but yeah so right before we go and end the episode mm-hmm. I have a question from my previous guest okay that you answer oh okay okay um so my previous guest has asked you what is the proudest moment in your life so far and why what a lovely question that is such a lovely question <laughs> There's so many, but I'll tell you the one that really sticks out to me that was at the podcast event, of course, was meeting Dr. Alex George, because that to me felt like such a full circle moment that I was talking to a mental health advocate about my own personal experience. And we were talking about hashtag post your pill. And I just thought like, this is cool. Like I went to the event on my own. I met him on my own. And I was like, this is literally putting everything into practice that I did with my therapist and I was so so proud of myself that day mm-hmm. so I would say yeah. that as was you that. should be and like you said you're 19 like yeah. I would never have done something like that on my own so you like at your age so I applaud you for that I think it's something to be extremely proud of yeah so well done that's a really good really hard question that <laughs> yeah it is like, I wouldn't even know what to say I'm like proud really thought-provoking yeah <laughs> would you be able to set a question for our next guest it doesn't, um, ha- it doesn't have to be anything like that it can be absolutely anything like okay deep, yes let do. me think oh god um, no stress you can think if you want don't worry about doing it quick oh god that is such a, the one they asked me that was so good let me think um I guess my question would be um because we've been talking about our previous selves what one piece of advice would you give to your younger self mm-hmm. today thank you yeah. very much you're so welcome thank you so much for having me thank you very much for being here I really thank appreciate you. your time and I will see you next week for a brand new episode bye